0: Everybody, and welcome back to the woody allen retrospective podcast project where we are still doing woody allen adjacent i'm your host donald wonder and as always i'm joined with my super co-host with the most james daniel walsh welcome back and a happy new year to you too buddy
1: and happy new year as well and to everybody out there nice yes
0: and i know we're releasing this podcast at the end of february so closer to valentine's day or the next marquee point in the year but hey we're still gonna wish you a happy new year hope 2023 has been good for you so far and if you're listening to this in the future when we've done five thousand recording episodes we thank you for going back in our archive and listening to us when we still had our voices
1: and if you've listened to five thousand of these and you've never uh anything as far as like a patreon or something go fuck yourself
0: <laughs> <laughs> well done james i like that i like that's the way you start the the year with a bit of spunk <laughs> so on our last recording actually last month at the end of 2022 we gave you guys a double recording the first part was very painful alex in wonderland <sighs> you know what we're not going to put a link to that discussion but if you want to laugh You can check it out. It's part of our catalogue of recordings. But on our very last recording, we spoke about when Harry met Sally, one of the most celebrated romantic comedies of all time, which I really enjoyed that conversation me and you had about that. James?
1: I did as well. That was a
0: long time coming. It was, it was, it was. And I still cling to the fact, I still find that movie low-hanging fruit to talk about because I could find like 90 podcasts that I've gushed over when Harry met Sally. But here at the Woody Allen Richard Podcast, you want to hear us talk about it. On that note, James, what are we going to be talking about at the start of the year?
1: Uh, our first movie of 2023 is Ruby Sparks, a 2012 romantic comedy directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris.
0: Correct. Who does it star as well? Who are the
1: actors? Uh, Paul Dano, uh, Zoe Kazan, and Annette Bening. And yep. uh, with smaller parts from Antonio Banderas and Steve Coogan and Ellie Gould. It's a really good cast.
0: It is a really good cast. So my question to you, James, is had you ever heard of this movie before? Because this is my pick of the month. This is my movie that I chose. I'll get to why I chose it in a moment. But James, had you heard of this movie before?
1: I had. I I, I didn't know anything about it, but I do remember uh, I remembered the title and the basic premise. But that was all I remembered from
0: it. What is the premise of this movie, James? What's the premise of Ruby Sparks?
1: Uh, the premise is a uh, a writer played by, by uh, Paul Dano is uh, he was a he peaked in his late teens. He wrote a book that everybody thought was a masterpiece when he was like nineteen years old. He's had writer's block ever since, and uh, he starts writing a book. He falls in love with the main character of his book, and then she comes to life.
0: Pretty cool pretty interesting why did i pick this movie james let me tell you off the bat i actually don't love this movie i i liked it until i didn't the idea of it really appeals to me and i thought this is one of the most best movies woody allen could have really perfected really perfected and you know it was written by our female actress zoe kazan she actually wrote the movie as well. So it was interesting to see a movie about a man who who basically creates his dream woman falls in love. You would have thought this was written by a man, but it wasn't. It was written by a woman as well. The reason, um, I don't love this movie as much. This is just one of the movies where I feel like I didn't enjoy all the characters evenly. And even to go even further, I pretty much hate Paul Daniels character. Um, But I understand what they were doing with the story. And the the whole point of the movie, I think is really good. I do. And I like the idea. And it does remind me of things Woody Allen's done in the past. But this is a movie I knew that, you know, I really want to talk about this movie of the, the idea, the tiny fantasy idea put into reality, which is something Woody Allen's done a few times. What it's saying about romance and, you know, the idea of love and your perfect person. It's all things I really commend. And, I, I, I like watching movies that I think make me kind of a better partner. And I think this movie would make, especially men, better partners. More Maybe maybe that's a bit too overblown. It set your expectations when it comes to people in and love. And maybe, maybe that's something I should mm, direct towards younger people when I say that. But either way, I'm going all over the place. The movie's okay. The movie's good. I would kind of recommend it. I'm going to dig in the weeds a bit. But, James, let me know what you thought about this movie as well.
1: At first, I really liked it. And I was a
0: little bit surprised because
1: Paul Dano is one of those actors who I just instinctually dislike. Like, it's just... You know those actors who you see their face and you instantly go, I don't like this person. Yes. I, I don't know what it is. It's not that he's a bad actor. He's been in some great movies. I mean, especially, like, There Will Be Blood. But, um... I've just never really liked him as an actor because he comes across to me in everything as creepy. It's why he was, I didn't really like the Batman, but he was a good Riddler for what they were doing in that movie because I find him inherently creepy. Yeah. So to put him in a romantic comedy, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. But I'm surprisingly the first half, maybe two thirds of this movie, I really liked. And then it stops being a romantic comedy. And then he becomes creepy. And then it just... Like, I see what they were going for, but the total shift from lighthearted romantic fantasy to something really dark, it gave me whiplash. I stopped liking his character and started hating his character. Yeah. So, for the rest of the movie if good things happened to him, I didn't want them to because I didn't like him anymore. I was like, no, this guy's an asshole. And borderline a, um, it was like watching somebody by the end who owned a slave. And that was uncomfortable. And again, I I get that it was meant to be uncomfortable. I understand what they were trying to say. I Mm. think that, you know, this is the kind of movie that the first, two-thirds of it, I think Woody Allen could have made this and it would have been um, not that different. But Woody Allen would have stuck the landing better.
0: 100%. Yeah. I actually think that Paul Dano's character, which obviously would be the Woody Allen archetype if he kind of wrote this, would be a, a lot more enjoyable in all senses. And again, just like you said, James, you don't have to like enjoy every aspect of a character as the movie went on, I found him actually more one note and selfish. And here's the thing. I just felt like this movie should have actually had more nuance with his character. I saw a review on Rotten Tomatoes, which I really liked where someone said that, you know, you can, you can consider this like a Pinocchio story where the film just focuses a bit too much on Geppetto, you know? Yeah, And I just felt like I, I actually disagree that they focus too much on him because you need to. He's a focal character. He wrote this person. We're getting to know him, but he isn't likable. And you know, as you said, James, the movie doesn't even try to shy away from this guy being a nice person or someone you can relate to. Because uh, near the end of the movie, you meet, you meet his ex girlfriend, who is ironically the lady who plays um, Daredevil's partner, or, or what's it? Her name? Her, her name was Karen. Karen Page, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the actress you mentioned before, whose name was? Deborah Ann Wool. I mean, when you hear how he was in the relationship, it just seems a bit passe to be honest with you. The writer who's self-obsessed, who just wanted to mold someone. If Woody Allen did this movie, you know, of course the character would have been, been breaking jokes, but I think there would have been more of a humanity there. And I actually think that maybe the movie being focused solely on their relationship was actually a bit of a mistake if you saw their lives a little bit more i think this would have gave the movie a bit more dimension and would have allowed you to ease into it it's just it feels a bit too sharp in what it's trying to do and it leans too much to one side with his character but i do really appreciate the point i do appreciate the point it's going for i'll play a clip from zoe kazan about it but yeah, it can't. If you look on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, favorable. This movie is well above a, a mediocre score. It's in the 70s and Rotten Tomatoes, over 7s and IMDb. People talk about it fondly. I don't know um, what this did for their careers, but apparently, especially for Zoe Kazami and the writer, it did seem to do a lot for her.
1: I mean, the most obvious woody comparison would be Purple Rose of Cairo, But. Purple Rose of Cairo, it doesn't. Purple Rose of Cairo doesn't even have a, a really happy ending. No, like Mia Farrow kind of gets screwed at the end of that movie, but you still walk away from that movie feeling good. She walks away from the movie feeling good, and this I just walked away from it feeling kind of miserable. And oh yeah, people suck.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I could have even seen them progressing the way that they did in the movie, the stuff that I didn't like. Woody could have taken that same stuff and made it great. And there's one scene in particular that I'm sure we'll get to towards the end that um, here it was like a horror movie. It it, it just, there was nothing humorous about it. There was nothing. and, and, And afterwards, you cannot... Like, I could not rewatch this movie mm. after having seen what the Paul Dano character does towards the end. Because any enjoyment that I had the first two thirds of the movie, I couldn't go back and enjoy it again because I'd be like, oh, this is where it's going and this is what this guy is actually like. Yeah. Actually, now that I think of it, that scene is i'm glad we're not doing this uh the full podcast on youtube anymore because this would get me demonetized uh it's a borderline <laughs> it's a borderline rape scene
0: yeah it's a complete disregard for someone's self um possessions their self-identity their freedom it's a complete manipulation control is horrible and you know i, I i'm i like i get it i just wish there was a little bit more sophistication with that you don't know? Showing it is even fine, and I appreciated that. But I watched this with my my girlfriend, and she said to me, "Do you think this guy feels any remorse for what he did?" And the way the movie ends, you know, it I, I wouldn't even say it dares to end on a on an uplifting note. But I just looked at this guy's face, and I just thought to myself, "I hate you, man. Yeah. I really do hate you. I don't know if you've learned anything from this. You know, I really don't." His brother another character I want to talk about, seems a bit like a stereotype in the beginning. But some of the things his brother said in the the beginning, which I thought was unjustified, especially when he said you don't know women, women don't like what you're writing, you know. And then I thought, that's a bit harsh, you know. It's it's just the beginning stages of a book. Uh But then I guess he knows his brother better than I do because, you know, it literally played out in the worst possible way. And I just so frustrated that such an intelligent person couldn't see it you know, especially a writer brings, I don't know. It's it, And again, there's so many other movies that do little stuff like this. We'll talk about Stranger Than Fiction, which is similar to this movie in one way and others not, but there's just no self-awareness for this character. And I just know that, you know, Woody would focus not just on the relationship, but the whole atmosphere, everything about their lives. And, you know, when this movie does that, by the way, like, for example, there's a, there's a part of this movie where Paul Paul Dano takes his dream girl out to see his mother with Antonio Banderas, uh-huh. <laughs> which I love in this movie. I always love this guy. it has got such good energy. And it's just interesting to see life around them and just know more about him. But unfortunately, it only makes his character worse. Yeah, completely.
1: I mean... Like, after watching this, I was like, I want Antonio Banderas to be my stepdad. That, like, I mean, and, and at first, like, the parent character, uh, the, Annette Bening, and, uh, and then Antonio Banderas is like, uh, her, I don't know if they're married, or if they're just partners, or whatever, but yeah, at first I got the, ugh, they're fucking hippies.
0: All
1: right. Yeah. Insufferable. <laughs> but, then, but then you're around them a little longer, and you're like, okay, they're not, they're, there are people who I think I would have an initial, if I met them in real life, I'd have an initial like, oh god. But after like a couple of drinks and a you know a few hours, I'd be like, all right, these people are cool.
0: Yeah,
1: and to to watch the Paul Dano character interact with them, you're right, you just you start to just go, wow, what a miserable fucking asshole, yeah, this guy is. And the the brother who you write, the brother starts off as a stereotype. I ended up really liking him as a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's like the guy that you, that we all know who's like, you know, did you get laid last night? Blah, blah, blah. And then, but eventually you go, Oh, okay. He actually has, he has feelings. He has deeper thoughts. Maybe he's a little superficial on top, but there's something underneath of it. The Paul Dano character was the more superficial character. He was just a miserable asshole.
0: Yeah. And you know, there was some reviews I saw on what, what saying that, Oh, This character is just a manic pixie dream girl. And Zoe Kazan has pushed back on that saying, no, this is more of a deconstruction. At the end, we're trying to show how, you know, you can't force love or manipulate it or, you know, what love really is. It's not what you, I fantasize about a person, what they really are. And I I just, it's funny because I'm like, you know what? You got that right with the female character, the, the made up dream person come to life. But with Paul Daniels' character, he's the clown. He's a stereotype. He's that writer who just something falls in his lap and then he becomes corrupt. Yeah. Completely corrupt. And it's it's a bit of a cliche, to be honest with you. And that's where my... You know, part of me wasn't looking forward to watching this movie again. I was looking forward to this discussion about it. But part of me just feels like, what a wasted opportunity. Because if this movie was fully rounded with his character, again... He doesn't have to be perfect. He's not perfect. But he just seems so unlikable. And you know, that scene, the ho- this is called the horror scene. The horror scene you're talking about, you know, it goes past the point where I think any normal person would go. Where yeah. I'd be like, he really it's torture. It's literally yeah. and and you know, it looks like he's looking at a mirror, obviously. But it's just disgusting. <laughs> it really, it is, is disgusting <laughs> because it 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 goes from
1: uncomfortable to and and it could have been again. It could have been if Woody had done it, it would have been comic. You know, it would have been. It, I'm, I'm imagining like the 1970s, like Woody and Diane Keaton, and uh, he'd be trying to tell her like, "You're not real. I invented you," and he'd be you know take out his typewriter prove it he'd make her do a hand a headstand he'd make her do a cartwheel he'd you know uh, and, and it would go on for like just enough to where you didn't hate his character and you were laughing during it this goes to the point where he makes her makes her start barking like a dog on the ground and it's like at that point this isn't this is like I said, it's a rape scene. Yeah. And then at the end, you're supposed to go, oh, but they were meant to be together. It's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> this guy is the worst.
0: Yeah, I really wish they didn't even meet at the end again at all. There was no need for it at all. No, and I'll tell you how Woody would have
1: ended it, too. Woody wouldn't have done that cute thing. Woody would have had him see her off in the distance with another guy. Yeah being herself and happy with a partner that appreciated her that's how he would have ended it for all of the like it's funny because i can see this as a you know this was written by a woman i can see this as some sort of a a a feminist statement but the way woody would have done it i think would have been the more feminist way of doing it
0: James, you said it, not me. And I don't want to (laughs) harp on her too much because I still think this was a really good concept that cultivated pretty well. I just feel like, you know, she was a little bit unaware of the male character as much. She leaned in so much into him being one way that it just comes off as a slight to me. And he just comes off just so much as a cliche and just mean spirit. I just think generally, you know, when you watch a lot of movies, you just feel like most characters, like every man, like, oh, I can see myself in this guy. I don't think a lot of people would have gone to the level he went with it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you could create your own person, obviously people would abuse it, do all sorts of things. Yeah. But obviously there was a point where we knew he got the point. He just, He just wanted to go, go. It was disgusting. And I just thought to myself, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> well, and the thing is, there is a progression that I appreciated which, you know, she's, she's living in the real world. He's ecstatically happy, but then she wants to go out and explore the world. And she starts to make friends and she starts to like, not necessarily just be at his beck and call all the time. And he starts to get insecure. So he's like, you know, he, he, he writes, you she'd be miserable without me. And then she doesn't you know, she gets really clingy and he can't even like walk across the room to answer the phone without her bursting into tears. So he writes, She's always happy. And then she's like crazy after that. That stuff was fine. That was him not knowing what the repercussions would be. But when it finally culminates in that scene, it goes way too far. Like, in a way that, and again, this was written by a woman. So. This was, you know, the way that she wanted to tell this story. But after that scene, it's like, no, this movie's not funny anymore. It's not even funny in hindsight anymore. I can't even appreciate what came before it because this guy is the villain of the story. And nothing good should have ever happened to him. This could have been like a, a, a more of a thriller. Than anything, like maybe that would have been a better way to approach it if it had been a thriller.
0: What was the name of that movie, even I've already forgotten, that we spoke about with Paul Rudd and Rachel Wise? Oh, I forgot it's in her shoes or in her something, I I can't remember, but yeah, Yeah. it was basically play. And again, I feel a kind of a similar way. I appreciate the point they were making, you know, Uh Um, and it does well at the end, it really just, just lays it on really thick. And I know that was a much more intense ending experience and what they were trying to do. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate both movies for what they're trying to say. You walk away thinking about it, about human relationships, manipulation. And I really do. I don't just want to shit on the movie. i really do appreciate that. I think the two actors, Paul Dano and Zoe Kazan performances are good. You know, I think, For what they wrote, they don't do anything wrong. Just ironically, my writing with the male characters is not that good. Uh, And the other stuff, superficially, visuals, music, to me, forgettable. It just feels like a very small, close camera film between two people, really. And everything else kind of falls by the wayside. And as you said, what happens at the end, casts a shadow on everything before, to the point where all you can really think about is the point that they're trying to make. And, you know, again, I I think it's an interesting thing to talk about and it was interesting to watch. But as you said, I couldn't blame anyone for having the whiplash that you so rightly described. And just when I think about this movie, I just think this movie is making a point, interesting point. But it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth with with how they execute the male character. And if it wasn't for that, I think this movie could have been something really special. Really, really special.
1: You know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know what movie I would kind of compare it to in a weird way? Oh, what's that? From Dusk Till Dawn. Mm. Like, it's, it's one movie until it's another movie. The only difference is from Dusk Till Dawn, it worked. In this the, the total shift is so just, I I, I felt like when it gets to that, I mean, I'm already starting to really dislike this guy. Like the way that he's the way he behaves with his family, the way he's starting to behave with her, but it's not anything where I couldn't have been one back and been okay with that ending where they meet and it's like, okay, she's now autonomous. She doesn't, remember any of that stuff which again is sort of like a it's almost like oh so is he ever going to tell her what he's not ever going to tell her who she is or what happened so he gets to just go I did this thing to her that she'll never know I did and yeah. it's creepy and it doesn't work in a the movie should have ended with him killing himself or something <laughs> Like that's terrible James I won't go that far but. <laughs> <mate. laughs> It ends with him taking, even that, like, he takes all of his experiences and he writes a best-selling novel. And it's like, that would be like, again, because now that I, I have it in my head, there's no other way to describe that scene other than a rape scene. It's like a rapist writing about how, oh, I did this thing, but I
0: grew as a person afterwards. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what, James? You know what? I wish I could even... The only reason I can't agree with you on that point is because when I look at his face, even at the end, he doesn't seem happy. Even when he's wrote that second book after all these years that everyone loves again and he's talking to town, he's so miserable. He's a miserable fucking git. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, before before his dream girl came to life, by the way, you know, another thing that I found insufferable is, you know, basically women were throwing themselves at him anyway. You know, yeah. just because he was a successful writer, you know they would call, him f- they would give his number to him for booty calls. He was just walking around mopey, and the justification for it was just not good. Because eventually, when you you know met his ex, and he just explained, it just sounded whiny, and there was no remorse, there was no self reflection. That's why I just it, it kind of gritted on me. This guy has no self awareness. No self-reflection. He doesn't act his age, you know. I don't, you know. Before he met the and I, actually, I actually, I'm so glad I remember this. At the beginning of the movie, he's in therapy. Yeah, uh-huh. in therapy with his therapist. And the one thing I was wondering is, and I never found this out to the end of the movie, what was his goal with his therapist? Because in the beginning. He just said, he. I don't even know. He was depressed, couldn't connect. The therapist told him to get a dog so he can connect with people. I don't know if he was trying to date. I don't know if he was trying to better himself as a person, get in touch with her. Because as soon as he manifested Zoe um, Gazan's character, he decided not to go to therapy anymore. And even at the end, when it was over, he didn't go back either. So I'm just like, you know, what's wrong with this guy? This guy, and he's not happy. To me, this is not, a happy person in any way for this character, all there is is just uh, that happened, I wrote another book and now life goes on and as for him, will he end up back with her? I, I just wish they never even met at the end
1: yeah, no that that scene really does uh, it's I'm going to go ahead and say it's in poor taste to have it in that way and the thing is, they do foreshadow some of this. I mean, like, and, and this is the stuff in the beginning of the movie that I liked. Like, Paul, Paul Dano's character goes to his therapist, who's played by Elliot Gould, and he asks for a stuffed animal. I think it was like a stuffed rabbit or something. And he's like, he says to him, you haven't let anybody else use this, have you? He's like, Elliot Gould's like, no, that's just for you. He goes, okay, because it smells weird. So it's So he's possessive of this rabbit. Nobody else can have this rabbit. So they do set up stuff like that. But that's played for comedy. And it works as comedy. It made me laugh. Like I said, I don't typically like Paul Dano. I liked him in at least half of this movie. This the stuff where when he first realizes that she's come to life is really funny. And yeah. he's really good as the he he was playing it very much like how Woody would have played it. He was. And, you know, I know that the uh, Zoe Kazan has said that Purple Rose of Cairo was an influence.
0: Yeah, she did. But
1: all that stuff, especially her her becoming more autonomous, I liked that. I was like, this is going in an interesting way. And the way I thought it would go is there's a character set up earlier on. I'm not sure the actress's name. She used to be on Arrested Development and... uh, the the woman who gives Paul Danover number.
0: Oh um, yes, the fan. Yeah, <laughs> that was seen. The fan
1: girl. Yeah, and um, I thought what they were going to set up was that by the end of the movie he would realize that Zoe Kazan's character you can't really you're never going to find the, like the stuff that the brother was saying this is not a real person that you've written you've written this manic pixie dream girl and women don't actually act this way blah 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 and I thought by the end of the movie okay. Either she'll disappear, or maybe she would go off and have her own life, and he will end up with the fangirl. And instead, the fangirl is brought back for one scene, and then never seen again. And it it's like, you could have done more with her, you could have had it end with maybe he ends up with her at the end and he's miserable because she sucks. (laughs) Like maybe there's something there where he looks off in the distance and he sees Zoe Kazan's character and she's happy and she's in love with somebody else. And they have this, maybe they have a kid and then you cut back to Paul Dano and he's there with like the fangirl who he's married because he's a desperate asshole who just wants validation. And they've got a couple of screaming kids and the, you know he's just miserable for that reason. you see that he has somehow been punished for what he did. He's never punished for what he did, and that's where the movie finally just pissed me off at the end, where it's like no, you no happily ever after uh-uh
0: hmm.
1: not for him. he needs to he needs to pay a price and he never pays a
0: price, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't even feel... He, to me, he didn't even have to pay a price. He just had to have some self-reflection. And uh, to me, this movie does not show me he had any real self-reflection. He felt bad. Yeah. And to me, he shouldn't feel bad. He should be disgusted with himself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he should be disgusted.
1: 100%. Like, basically, what, like the point of his book that he writes afterwards words was like, I've got a lot of growing up to do. And it's like, no, if there's yeah. a hell, that is where you're going. Yeah. Because you didn't this wasn't just a like I treated her badly. You violated her. In 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 a in a way that it that not only like was humiliating and degrading, but it made her question her, her entire existence yeah. and what she was and if she was even human.
0: Great acting for her, man. Again, think, her acting was great in that scene. Great acting for her.
1: In the scene Paul Dano does look like he's got this horrified look on his face like he he knows what he's doing is awful. But that he just keeps escalating it. Yeah. And so it's a, it's like if you if you had set this up as a prequel to the Batman and
0: this character becomes the Riddler? <laughs> yes. I'd buy it. 100%. 100% <laughs> uh, so let's let's move on because this feels like a bit of a, one of our shorter conversations and I just want to say for the record you know I make it sound like I really just this movie I don't it really just bugs me that the male character does such an unpleasant set of things and just doesn't have any self-reflection as a man it hurts me yeah. but I know that's kind of the point, but it just feels a bit too i don't know it's just uh, it's just too blunt it's just a bit it's funny to me that like
1: this movie that I'm sure was written that Zoe Kazan wrote because so much of this so much of this is feminism at its best, I would say it's okay this this woman that she's playing who yes, she was created by this person, but she is her own human being you know, he might have, you know, she's a, a fictitious character that he created, but she's going to become her own person and she's going to whatever. And so I was all on board for that. But I feel like now you and I are taking the more feminist stance for the, where the story went, which is the the character, the Paul Daniel character should not have, he should've he should have never written a book. He profited off of a crime, basically. And then to have him sort of the the cute thing at the end, oh, isn't it sweet they were always meant to be together? No, she it's it's like if it's like if somebody like raped a woman, hit her in the head with a rock and she got amnesia, and later on he went up to her and he was like, Let's fall in love. Um
0: fuck that <laughs> I, I agree with you about 70% because I still feel like they felt like they were writing an ambiguous ending. Cause you just don't know if they end up back together. But I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want them to even see each other. Forget about getting back together. You know, whether he saw her across the road or sitting in a coffee shop with the book, they should have just never interacted. You know, I liked more the Steve Coogan
1: character. Who is supposed to? Who's Steve Coogan playing the typical Steve Coogan character?
0: That also. Alan, Alan Partridge.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. He's yeah. he's the full of himself, self-important guy who will do shitty things. By the time like the scene comes where he tries to
0: seduce
1: Zoe Kazan, I was like, yes, save this
0: woman. <laughs> you know that scene? That scene wasn't even that bad to me. Now, no. don't get me wrong. It was, like, not great, and obviously you would argue about it as a couple, but to be honest with you, it wasn't, the way he obviously exploded after that was just, it was just to be, that wasn't the beginning of the end, but it was just like, oh, this guy just doesn't have any good traits, really.
1: No, because what it basically amounted to was, you think that your girlfriend might have done something, so you hit her. Like, that's what that felt like to me, was, like, I think i know what you might have been doing and it humiliated me even though nobody else saw it and so you need to be taught a lesson this guy is an abuser he's nothing more than an abuser and he probably like in in hindsight you know you he set up that his ex was so awful she was probably just escaped him at a certain point that's why like to me it's if I had stopped the movie around the time that he writes the part where okay now she's going to be happy all the time I'd be at that point I really liked where it was going and I could have absolutely forgiven him for if he had if after that if there'd been a scene where he accidentally breaks her like okay she's not happy all the time now she's whatever and he keeps trying to make her perfect and at some point he breaks her and that's when he writes the page that says when you leave here you're going to be free and you're going to be your own person i don't i, I i'd have been 100% okay with him then writing the book and then having the meat cute at the end but they they that you you almost have to take that one scene out mm. in order it's it's really that one scene that spoils the entire movie for me
0: yeah, I I feel like the movie was obviously had to escalate to a a point where the movie had to make a point, that to like give you something to remember. It would have been nice. Again, could this movie just have been about a guy who creates his own perfect girlfriend mysteriously and then just kind of runs with it, or or it could have just been like they both fell out of each other, like you know what? Actually, I don't really. This isn't what I want. Like I said, I, uh,
1: a great way that it could have been that it could have been what could have been like he writes his manic pixie dream girl. He thinks she's the perfect woman, but he, he finds that, Oh, this is really empty and hollow. But this fangirl who really likes him, this is a real person. And I can connect with her in a way that I can't with this shell that I've created. Yeah. It's, there's just so much, there's so many ways they could have gone with it instead of the way that they did. Yeah. Where it would have, and that's why I like, this might be now my number one pick for a movie that if it had been made by Woody Allen, it would have been improved.
0: Yeah. It's up there. And that was my whole reason for bringing it, if I'm honest. Now, people, some people listening might think, you guys are so snowflakey, I can't be raped. I think it's one of those things where, Depending on your personality, you could be like, you know, if you don't mind seeing a man completely mistreat a woman, you know, of any regard, maybe we'll just feel like you guys are too soft. Maybe I would have went even further. That was nothing. She wasn't real. You know what? That's part of the interesting debate of this movie, to be honest with you, which I appreciate the movie for. It's a great talking point. On that note, before I forget, let me play the clip. (laughs) of Zoe Kazan. It's not a very long clip. Let me play the clip of Zoe Kazan talking about her thoughts about the movie, making the movie. It's not very long. And there's a lot of interviews with them talking about it. And ironically, if the audience don't know, they actually, um, they're a couple. They've been together for a long time, to this day even. I think they've been together for maybe 15 years now, Paul Dano and Zoe um, Kazan in real life. And they bring it up in this clip as well. So let's take a listen.
2: What I loved most about it was it the message is you can't control love and that's sort of what the you know dramatic climax was about at the end. Uh, was this personal at all? What made you, you know, what helped you develop this story? Yeah, I think that I had felt in relationship before like um, the person that I loved sort of loved some idea of me that was about three shades off from who I was and made me feel really lonely and I think um, I was sort of writing from that perspective but also Frankly, I think I've learned a lot in my relationship with Paul. We've been together almost five years and just learning like how relationship is regenerative and people are infinitely mysterious. And, you know, I feel like I'm learning new things about Paul all the time. And the things that I find challenging about him are the things that make him who he is. So, no, it's true though. Like you you sort of, the idea of a perfect person, there is no perfect person for you. You know, it's all about how you come to them. And uh I, I keep saying, you know, like the first honeymoon stage of love is all compulsion. And after that, it's choice and making the choice to stay with someone, the choice to love who they really are and not some idea of them. Those are, those are important and hard choices to make.
0: I actually wonder, cause Zoe Kazan seems pretty well averse and hearing her thoughts on relationships, pretty interesting. I actually wonder if she actually wrote another romantic comedy or romantic drama what it would be about because you know i like her points and some of that is in the movie which i appreciate but when she talks about her relationship with paul dano it seems like maybe that's more of what i wanted to see you know when she talks about relationships at first or compulsion the honeymoon phase the lovey-dovey and then later it's a choice you know that would be interesting to see i think that might have been interesting to see in this movie as well so in saying that i wonder If she would write this movie a different way, if she would write a a sequel of another character, I probably wouldn't watch it. But lastly, I'll let you speak right after this, James. There's a lot of movies I've watched where it's not where someone's been created by another person. Someone mysterious just walks into someone's life and they are just great. You know, whether they're well-adversed, wise, or just charismatic, There's a lot of movies where a mysterious person walks into someone's life, changes their life for the better. So, you know, if I was to say, is there a better version of this movie, whether it's fantasy or not, I'm sure there are. And I implore the listeners to give us some to talk about as well. But in this treatment, you know, it just comes off lopsided for me, especially at the end that just taints everything else. Well, I mean, even Woody, if I
1: remember, there's... There's parts in uh, Deconstructing Harry where he talks to his own characters. So this premise can work. It was working for me for quite a bit of it. I almost feel like if there could somehow be a fan edit that just tones down what a huge asshole he is. If all he did at the end was it type, she can't leave the room. I think I would have been like, okay, if he pulls back now, I can get past this. I can move on. But it, it, that scene just goes on and on and on. And I know that, like I especially have only really talked about that one scene. The scene complete. I've never seen a movie that one scene changed my opinion so quickly. <laughs> like there, there, that and that happens before where, you know. There's a movie called uh, The Kids Are All Right with Annette Henning and uh, Julianna Moore.
0: Where they go to get um, their surrogate father and it ruins their relationship with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I like that movie. Yeah. I, I liked it until they all turned
1: on Mark Ruffalo at the end. Yeah. That was where I was like, I'm with this movie. I'm with this movie. Wait, fuck this movie.
0: No. They made him a monster. (laughs) They made him a monster
1: who had to be expelled when really what Juliana Moore had done was so much worse. Yeah. And you get that movie every now and then where like one thing, if you could just change one thing, it would make the movie palatable. But that one thing is there and it just sort of ruins the experience. And that's what I felt like with Ruby Sparks. That one scene ruined the entire movie
0: for me you know what i will even counter you and say i don't even mind how extreme that scene got my problem is paul dano's character isn't that interesting to warrant that you could kind of bake a character to come to that climax and be that despicable you know but again self-reflection or you know what even if it's self-reflection and be i just honestly i know we're going on beating a dead horse going on and on about it but to me, Paul Downer's capture just wasn't that interesting, you know, and he just seemed like an asshole. And I was just waiting to see more layers. His family was good. His brother's good to him. His mom's good to him. He yep. had a great career. You know, women was throwing themselves at him. Well, you know, he had a good house.
1: I mean, well, <laughs> you he know, the life everybody wants. Yeah. And he just wouldn't enjoy it. Which, yeah. I, like, you, I, this just popped in my head. If you made the movie 10 years earlier, put Robert Downey Jr. in that part. <laughs> but like right around the time Robert Downey Jr. was still could have pulled off this sort of nerdy thing that he did in his earlier career. He's so much more likable as a, as an actor than Paul Dano that I think a lot of the bad behavior would be forgiven. And it, you know, it just to me, like I said, I don't particularly like Paul Dano's character. So when he really falls into the things I don't like about him, it just—I couldn't get past it. I—I I could even have gotten past the, the, that one scene if he had suffered a consequence because of it. Yeah. But instead, his life is great yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. it—that yeah. doesn't—that doesn't work for me.
0: I'm going to join you and say two things. Number one, what you just said there—I'm just going to leave that as my main problem. No consequence. You know, it, it hurts. That really yeah. hurts. But the second thing you said, which I'll wrap up my thoughts on, Robert Downey Jr. is an actor, and forget about Marvel. I've loved almost everything he's ever done. There's a movie we're going to talk about this year that he did where it's just his acting to me is fucking phenomenal. Him in this role would have been, even if he was the exact same character, by the way, with flaws and all, I think it would have made the movie infinitely better. He would have been
1: likable. I mean, just as a person with some charisma, he would have been likable.
0: Yeah, yeah, Paul Dano kind of, yeah, you're kind of right. I guess Paul Dano wasn't the best choice for this movie role, actually. And, and the thing is, like I said, I actually really liked
1: his character for half the movie. Mm. Um, it, I was surprised. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I, I don't usually like him, but this is really working for me. And now he's a borderline serial killer, so no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> power corrupts, as they say, and was it ultimate power corrupts ultimately or something like that? Yeah,
1: Ooh. absolute power corrupts absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that was basically part of. I think that was the unintentional point that she ended up making, where you know Zoe was so focused on making a realistic, well-written female character, which she did. She, you, yes, well done, absolutely. You did that. fine, perfectly fine. Unfortunately, the male character, well, not even the other male characters are fine, but just the main characters. Oh, yuck. So yeah, um, that's it for so. <laughs> I feel like we beat this one with dead horse, but I've really enjoyed the conversation. I wanted to talk to you as a conversational piece about this movie. And again, rotten tomatoes only be well liked. People that like this movie might listen to this discussion and think these guys are fucking touchy, sensitive, feminist snowflakes that don't know a good movie if it punched them in the mouth. And you know what? To that I say hats off to you if that's what you think
1: <laughs> i can i can say that this this is more the way i would look at it as somebody who has daughters uh i would have killed this man <laughs> there you go but if you've got a if you got sisters if you've got just female friends and and anybody treated them the way that he treats uh her in that one scene you'd be like nope this motherfucker's got to die so <laughs>
0: pretty much. You know for a minute there James I thought we were going to talk about this movie for 10 minutes and now it's only been an hour. Can you believe it? (laughs) Off of really one scene. (laughs) One scene. You see what I think I think that's the takeaway James from this whole discussion now. You are so right. One scene. One scene. And again that movie we spoke about with uh, Paul Rudd and you know that came down to kind of one scene as well. But for some reason I think we might have gone harder on this one than that maybe. I'm not sure. No, that
1: one we really just hated her character, but uh, I think we we weren't crazy about Paul Rudd's character. But nobody thought he should be treated that way, and the movie didn't want you to think he should be treated that way. Yeah, um, this one, it I don't know. It just it, this made me this made me more uncomfortable than I love you, Daddy.
0: So mm, mm, I get it. I I can see I can see why. I can honestly see why. But again. Folks listening, you might I have a feeling some people completely disagree. Some people might be entertained by this discussion, and some people might just think you guys are crazy. But you know what? If you've never watched this movie and you heard us talk about it, this is in my opinion, this is a movie you can't really spoil as well. You just gotta watch yeah. it for yourself and make it your own mind. Even though you've heard us talk about everything, I think you might come away, listener, you might come away with a different interpretation or you know what? I'd love to hear a woman's thought on this as well. But I'm glad that yes. the, I'm glad this was written by a woman. By the way, I'm glad.
1: Oh, if it'd been written by a man, and um, i I'm not usually a, like somebody who would say this, but I'm like, cancel this motherfucker, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, on that note, we're going to wrap up this discussion for Ruby Sparks. You know what, James? I, I didn't exactly fit the conversation would go this way, but I enjoyed it thoroughly so thank you for joining me on this one james
1: yes it was enjoyable to sit here and talk about an uncomfortable abuser with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) so james i'm gonna pass the baton to you what are we going to be talking about next month next month is my pick we're going i don't think we're going
1: to have this kind of a discussion about this movie it is the uh i believe 1993 steve martin starring movie la story
0: Nice, Steve Martin. Ooh, this f- I think this is our first Steve Martin movie in the whole adjacent project, right?
1: I think so. And he's very much somebody who was influenced by Woody Allen. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. One of my favorite actors of all time. He's one just like Jim Carrey. There's some people that just put a smile on my face. And again, Steve Martin's on the f- one or two drama movies as well. I'm not. I don't think I've seen La Story. Is it a drama, comedy, or both? It's a comedy. Okay, cool cool well you know what i need something to uplift me a little bit so ladies and gentlemen and everyone else thanks for listening to another episode of woody adjacent james where can the people find you if they want to get in contact with you good sir
1: uh you can always find me at the manic expression youtube channel or at the website manic-expression.com you can find my books including my new novel don giovanni on amazon
0: yes do not forget we've got a link tree link That's one link for everything to subscribe to the podcast, to give us, you know, any contribution you may want on Patreon, every kind of thing that we're supporting and working on, including the Mannequin Special YouTube channel, find the link in the link tree link below. And yeah, we're looking forward to another episode, another recording. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you can find it in your pretty, pretty big, massive heart, leave us a review. It's the beginning of the year. Let's get some more listeners. Let's get some more subscribers. But that's only going to work if you put, give us a thumbs up, give us an honest review. we got some haters out there, but, you know, we appreciate just if you enjoyed the podcast, if you could take two minutes, one minute to write a review, four, five stars, we'd appreciate it. But on that note, we want to say thank you for listening. Have a great rest of the year. And, yeah, let's look forward to a really, well, a really cool 2023.